Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the old Pick 6 Podcast. No Will Brinson again today because Will Brinson is perpetually on vacation. It's uh, just part of the intro now that we're in the middle of summer here. Uh, by the way, Brinson's birthday's coming up, so happy birthday to him. My birthday's on that, the day after Brinson's. Happy birthday to me. And uh, more importantly, our guy, Tyler Sullivan, is coming to talk about some wide receivers today. Sully, how you doing, man? What's going on, Ryan? How you doing? Happy early birthday. Thank you. I'll wish you a happy birthday. You're here. I'm not going to wish Will a happy birthday. Fair enough. That is, uh, that's his birthday present. He doesn't get wished happy birthday by Sully. Uh, so yeah, let's let's talk some wide receivers. Uh, yesterday, if you listen to the podcast, I, I talked with Patrick Walker about running backs. If you didn't catch that, you can certainly catch it on the old YouTube's channel or wherever you get your podcasts for your earballs. Uh, but today we're talking wide receivers, and uh, Sully is a well-known Pats fan. I'm just getting the list. I don't see uh, any Patriots wide I couldn't, receivers. I just couldn't get Jacoby Myers in there. I don't know what happened. And to be fair, Nikhil uh, Harry might be on the tight ends list. We haven't checked that yet. So we'll, <laughs> we'll circle, back to, circle back to that. Too soon? Not too soon. All right, so let's start with number 10. And, I mean, this list, it also feels like silly. Like, uh, I've been saying this for, you know, years. It's nothing revolutionary. But quarterbacks have been sort of the only player, football-wise, that sort of have leverage. But now it feels like with the way these contracts are going for these wide receivers, they also have some leverage. And maybe things would have happened quicker if Antonio Brown wasn't doing the, the nutty things he, he had been doing the last three or four years. But either way, these guys are getting paid left and right. And uh, the guy at number 10 is an indication of how good and deep this list is. So at number 10, you have former second-round pick, I believe, out of Cal, Keenan Allen. So explain that one to me. How, how do you squeak in? And by the way, don't give away any spoilers about um, names you may have included, and we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. And if you're reading on the website, people, uh, you can see this top 10 list. Sully didn't write it. He came up with his own list for the podcast, but our guy Cody Benjamin came up with his own list, which is slightly different, and we'll probably touch on that too. All right, Keenan Allen, number 10, what do you got? Yeah, a couple of different things with Cody's and I's list. Again, there's a ton of different guys, some flip-flops, some kind of bigger swings that we'll get to later on. But Keenan Allen, I mean, he has just been probably, I don't even know, do we call him underrated? I feel like he is. I feel like he's, you know, he's we're talking about a top 10 guy. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I don't think Keenan Allen's the first guy that you're, you know, one of those guys that you start immediately list. He plays for the Cowboys. He's not underrated, but he exactly. plays sort of out west. Yeah, exactly. And, and so for the team he plays for, you know, maybe that changes now with Justin Herbert continuing to ascend to be that legit superstar quarterback. But he's been that elite receiver, that go-to guy for, you know, as, as long as you can kind of go back there. Elite route runner. He's been an unbelievable player in terms of separation. Pro Football Focus had him as one of the top-rated separation players in man coverage dating back to 2017. He said three straight years with 100 catches. The volume alone is ridiculous so for me it was kind of a no-brainer he's the number one in an offense that i think we all assume is going to be you know close to top five next year and so for me again i i if you need something in a short yardage type of situation i think keenan allen can get it for you every single time 
Yeah, he was actually a third round pick, and the reason he fell to the third round, uh, I'm pretty sure, it was his forty time. He wasn't a blazer, but again, that that just reinforces the idea that we sort of don't know what we're talking about when it comes to trying to evaluate these guys, what it looks like in college versus what it's going to look at the next level. I mean, he played in the Pac-12 with Cal, which isn't necessarily a football factory. Uh, Marshawn Lynch and Aaron Rodgers excluded, and Debo's guy uh, Deshaun Jackson. But uh, I'm looking quickly through the 2013 draft class, which was an absolute stinker of a draft class that's when uh keenan went off the board that year oh okay let's see so keenan was the one two, eighth wide receiver taken in 2013 i'll give you 20 brinson bucks if you can name two wide receivers that were drafted before him sweet mercy alive i'm gonna just guess that a patriot took him that's not an aaron dobson year is it <laughs> it's an aaron dobson oh, year geez, so. aaron dobson went uh what he went? He went 17 picks before Keaton Allen. That makes that makes no, a lot of sense. No, 27 picks. Sorry, 27 picks. Before. That makes a lot of sense. So I, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that and walk away. I mean, it's oh, oh man, God. Javon so Austin went eighth overall. Okay. okay. Um, you yeah, know, there's high expectation for him, just smallest. Dre Hopkins makes sense. Then Cordell Patterson was the other wide receiver that won the first round of the year. Justin Hunter. Remember him? Went to Tennessee, mm-hmm. didn't really do much, played for the Steelers for a little bit, if I recall. Robert Woods, who's had a really good career. Your guy, Aaron Dobson. I don't think he had a great career for if memory serves. And then Terrence Williams out of Baylor went to the Cowboys. When you have um, the nickname Dropson, it's just it's, it's not it's not good. <laughs> not great. And then Keenan Allen. Well, congratulations, Keenan Allen. You have certainly deserved. And somebody even argue you should be higher than 10th, but um, let's see. So he must be 30 now, right? Let's see how old he is. Yeah, he's 30. He just yeah. turned 30 two months ago. So, yeah, I mean, he's obviously has three or four or five years left, but he's not uh, climbing up the mountain. He's sort of heading down the, the mountain. But, but you're talking about, and especially, too, when you talk about volume. I mean, it is, right. you know, just I think it's at least, 100 and, at least 120 targets basically since 2017. He's had three straight years of uh, 100 receptions, but even, I think you can go even further. I think it's like five years when you talk, like he had 97 receptions one year. I mean, he has a ton of miles on him, but again, still one of the more reliable receivers that the NFL has to offer. Yep, one of the best route runners too. Number nine, uh, d wants to put you up to this, A.J. Brown, who wind his way out of Tennessee to go to Philadelphia so he could get that new deal. Um, I guess he thinks Jalen Hurts is better than, than, than Ryan Tannehill. I'm just going full on Brinson right here. All right, A.J. Brown, he's obviously a very good player. Uh, spoiler alert, his teammate from Ole Miss drafted in the same class is not on this list, Decaf Metcalf. Uh, A.J. Brown, how do, how do you sneak it at number nine here? Yeah, for me, you know, I just think he's one of those ascending young players that we'll talk about. I mean, there's a couple of them from that draft class in here. And he is just one of the guys that is physical, has a great frame to him. The injuries are a big concern. There, there's no denying that. The, it, was it a double knee surgery or something like that a few years ago? He, he, it's certainly a concern when you're talking about how much further can he climb. But I think already he's established himself as a top 10 guy in this league when you talk about his explosiveness, his all-around ability to get open. And it's not like he was playing with a Justin Herbert or anything along those lines. I know we were just kind of goofing on on, uh, <laughs> on the Eagles and, and all of that. But to me, Ryan Tannehill, it's not like he's you know has Aaron Rodgers throwing him every week. He was putting up significant numbers with a – Standard quarterback. It's you know, it's for me that's impressive. Standard is the best way to put it for sure. <laughs> uh let's see here. Where's why is AJ Brown not showing up on the draft? He was drafted in 2020. Uh that was 20. Was that 20, no, it was 2019, right? Oh, he's 2019. Look yeah. at that. Jeez, they're all blended. When you get old, everything speeds up. Tell just FYI. 
So you have no, no sense of time, space, anything. So let's see. That draft class, obviously, I mentioned it included his, his teammate DK Metcalf. I think AJ was actually drafted for him because DK, if I recall, went at the very bottom of round two after that slow three-cone drill. Um, oh, man. Remember the first wide receiver drafted in this class, 2019? It, it was not. Was it, it was Jalen Rager and then Nikhil Harry? It was Hollywood Brown. Oh, it was Hollywood Brown. Okay. Then Nikhil Harry went 32. Then, then Debo Samuel. We may talk about him. And then A.J. Brown. And then six picks later, what's to say? JJ Ortega Whiteside. All right, here we go. Let's see if he makes the list. There's a chance. Uh, all right, at number eight. So I'll uh, preface this by saying I talked to this player at the Senior Bowl uh, prior to his draft, which I think was the 2018 draft, the year before AJ Brown. And um, the knock on him was health. He he was banged up a little bit in college, and also speed. And I remember him telling me at the Senior Bowl, I think I proved that I'm fast enough to play, play in the NFL. Turns out he he's plenty fast and, and plenty versatile. Number eight, Debo Samuel. Well, you said it right there, versatile. I mean, this is probably the most unique player in this top ten because of that versatility. I mean, we saw it on display last year. Not only can he do it as a legit receiver, but they started lining him up in the backfield, and he was just as impactful. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous what he was able to do in both of those facets a dual threat guy is 10.8 yards after the catch per reception led the league last year it was you know he is someone who like you said can separate has the speed to do it and Debo has a bunch of stats up here as well you know the yards per reception 18.3 is first in the league 10 yard 10 yard rushing TDs six first in the NFL yards after the catch 772 second in the NFL last season I mean, you could, he's, he's a great running back, and he's, we have him as a uh, top 10 wide receiver on this list. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm losing all concept of space and time. Debo was in the same draft class as A.J. Brown. Went 36 overall at the top of the second round, which which felt about right. And I should start mentioning these since our buddy Pete Prisco put out his top 100 list last week. Debo comes in at 26 overall. And let's see, where's A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown on that list is 94th. So he likes – um them in the same order you have them but not quite so close together keenan allen let's see if oh Ke yeah keenan came in at 65th so he likes keenan a little more than aj brown uh i get it the only concern with debo i mean obviously injuries are you know a concern for everybody i guess but for me obviously it's this contract situation and how the relationship is going to map out with the 49ers over these next few months it it, it kind of feels like it's eventually just going to be mended or it's just going to be settled kind of begrudgingly at the very least and he's going to stay with the 49ers but there's still, you know, they still get, you still get some time here where something crazy could happen. And all of a sudden he's, you know, playing alongside AJ Brown with the Eagles or something like, you know, you never oh know what's God. going to happen there. Don't but. put that, don't put that in a depot's head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, let me ask you this. Does the depot Samuel feel like a Patriots player? Yes. It made no sense why they did no not bring sense. him in. Nikhil and, Harry does not, and no disrespect to Nikhil Harry, but just watch him play. At um, I mean, he reminds me the Anquan Bolin thing. Just that's what you say about big guys who are slow, and that's yep. probably unfair to some people. And Debo even had some Anquan comparisons, just a smaller version. He felt like a Patriots player, but number one, number one, number two. What do you think Bill Belichick's reaction would be, if any, if Debo were on the Patriots and he scrubbed his social media of any mention of his of his employer? <laughs> I think I think that he would scrub Debo from the roster. <laughs> part of me thinks he would do that, and part of me thinks like he would get asked about it and be like uh, make his little my face joke or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Then, I, don't, I don't care on. what's going on on his yeah. face or my face or your yeah. face. You have to ask Nike. Is that his dog's name? Yes. <laughs> I refer all questions to Nike. All right, number eight, love Debo. 
Um, I think Pete was trying to make this point. Maybe Brady Quinn was too at the time when he had originally scrubbed uh, social media and was talking about money. That maybe he's not that good because he he he's you know sixty five percent wide receiver, thirty five percent running back. I think that's what makes him so good. Uh, so it's I, what makes it what makes him good, but it's also I can understand where. Debo might be a little bit concerned about that role going forward because obviously right. the abuse that you get coming out of the backfield is much more than when you're lining out out wide. Absolutely, and you're not getting paid to to, to take those hits. Ironically enough, you get paid to go go outside and run deep. Speaking of going outside and running deep, number seven, and uh, is this guy too low on this list, Sully? You got, or is this a, is this a function of the guy who's now throwing the football? Even though the guy who now throws him the football, he thinks it's better than the one who was previously throwing the football, which sounds like crazy talk. But when you get paid the money he gets paid, you'll you'll say anything. That sort of explains the, the live golf tour. Tyree Kill, number seven. What do you got? Yeah, that's but that's part of it. Again, a lot of this in terms of the criteria of how we're making this list. Obviously, it's production that we've seen on the field, but there is a little bit of projecting, and, and we'll really get into that as we get later on in this list when we talk about some guys that have only mm-hmm. played once in one year. So, <laughs> but for Tyree Kill, obviously, you know the the speed threat in the NFL. He's an absolute burner, elite in that regard. There, there's no denying that, and that's all well and good when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, when, <laughs> when when you can run 80 yards down the field in the blink of an eye, it's only good if the guy can actually throw it to you and get you there 80 yards down the field. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Tua Tungabailoa, so that's probably why I've knocked him down a few pegs. Again, okay. still, still a top 10 guy, but I just don't know if we're going to be able to see that ability on full display in Miami next year. So Pete had Tyreek at 17 overall. Yeah. I'm trying to see. No Jalen Waddle on Pete's list. I've seen no Jalen Waddle on your list. Jalen Waddle showed that you can sort of work with Tua's arm. But, I mean, how many Jalen Waddles do you need on that team? Right, but also it's not – you know, as much as we want to say that they're similar, it's not It's not exactly similar. Like, I feel like Jalen Waddle runs more short, after the like, catch. After yeah. the catch, and it's a shorter route. Yeah, that's fair. Where a lot of Tyreek Hill is – Play breaks, not a lot of it, but a, a lot of the bread and butter is the play breaks down. Mahomes is running around, and all of a sudden he breaks loose and he's he's flying down the field a million miles an hour, and he's able to connect. I just don't know if Tua has that ability. Yeah, no, that's fair. So Tyreek was a fifth round pick in 2016. That was all off field issues for the most part. Do you know how many wide receivers went ahead of Tyreek Hill in 2016? 2016. I'm trying to remember. I'll give you the. I'll even give you the hint. The first wide receiver taken was 15th overall, Corey Coleman by the Browns. Oh, so it's probably well fifth round. How many? I would say over under over six and a half. Ooh, which one are you taking? You're taking over. I'm taking over. Yeah, it's 17. Ooh, <laughs> damn. All right. That was uh, the highlight <laughs> is Michael Thomas. He's he's the okay. shining star of that group. Then Tyler Boyd, who was the second. They're, they're both second-round picks. The first-rounder, as I mentioned, Coleman, Will Fuller, Josh Dotson, sweet mercy alive, Laquan Treadwell, oh, God. And then Sterling Sharp, who's, you know, he's been he's been adequate, I suppose. And then things take a sharp turn downward from there. Demarcus Robinson's probably the next best player on that list before before you get to Tyreek. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Ryan, you're so, Ryan, you're so old. You're saying Sterling Sharp instead of Sterling Shepherd. Oh, I. I and <laughs> the worst part is, I'm. I was reading it, staring at it, and reading it. I'm distracted, Debo. <laughs> I got a lot on my mind. <laughs> I'm working through some stuff. I'm multitasking. Uh, all right. 
I, I get it. I get why Tyreek Hill, if Tyreek is still with Patrick Mahomes, this, he's a little higher right. on this list. Right. And if he's with any quarterback that we're not talking about this being a make or break year for him and he might be, you know, thrust out of Miami at the end of 2022, you feel a little bit more confident in it. All right. Let me ask you this. If, he, if he's playing for McCorkle Jones, where, where is he coming to this list? I think he's going back into the top five. I don't know if it's oh, love it changes. So I know that that guy can at least deliver the ball. Two McCorkle Jones, Homer, Homer's on one podcast. I love it. All right, number six. All right, well, you got some explaining to do if the quarterback matters. This guy has Tom Brady throwing him the ball. I know. Um, Mike Evans. I mean, he went from Johnny Manziel to Jameis Winston to, to Tom Brady. He's I don't know who's one. next. I guess He's Jesus another Christ. one who I think is underrated, Mike Evans, as weird as it sounds. Okay. I know that we're like, you know, talking about him as the number six best receiver in the NFL, but – you know, I think, you know, we talk about a lot about Brandon Cooks having like a, a bunch of thousand yard seasons to begin his career. Mike Evans has done the same exact yeah. thing, and I feel like he's gotten less pump about it. He's been an absolute stud, and I know injuries have kind of been, you know, kind of a tag on him, but it's not like he's missed substantial time. It's a couple of games here and there that he's missed, or he's dealt with nagging injuries as he continues to play, but he's still played at an extremely high level. He's, he's got a great ability to make those contested catches, makes him great in the red zone. He has a thousand, again, like I said, a thousand yards every year of his career. It's, it, I don't know if there is any more productive guy that we've seen so far. I mean, obviously we're going to get into get into some guys later, but like, I don't know what more you can ask from him other than just being a hundred percent healthy, which nobody in the NFL is going to be. Yeah, and to his credit, and you sort of talk hit hit it on this with with Tua and and Tyreek, and we'll see how that works out. He hasn't always had Mike Evans Hall of Famers thrown in the football. No, no, and it's been it's been Jameis Winston. Jameis, while he's done, he did a lot of crazy things in Tampa. He was much better last year, and I'm sure Sean Payton and the structure and the lack of craziness around him helped with that. But Tampa Bay, Jameis was was a sight to see because you're going to get 30 touchdowns and you're also getting 30 interceptions, and in between that, Mike Evans is trying to figure it out, and he was able to figure it out consistently. And then, of course, when Tom Brady showed up, everyone got better, but Mike Evans remained the same guy. He was somehow dominating uh, before Tom Brady arrived in Tampa Bay. So again, 2014 class, that's one of the best wide receiver classes in in recent memory. Um, Mike Evans went seventh. Do you know the only wide receiver that went ahead of him, fourth overall? The team traded up to get him. I'd have to get them. That's not that's not the Julio draft, is it? That's it's too it's too. No, I think it's 2011. Yeah, All right. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you the quarterback, and then you'll know the quarterback they were trying to help, and then I'll give it away. EJ Manuel. Oh, was that um EJ Manuel Buffalo? Who was the who was in Buffalo that they drafted? That's that's how terrible this trade. How bad was this? They traded up for Sammy Watkins. Oh, okay. All right. Number four overall for Sammy Watkins. He was awesome at Clemson, no doubt about it. But yeah. again. At seven, Mike Evans goes. At 12, Odell Beckham goes. 20th, Brandon Cooks. 28th, Kelvin Benjamin. That clearly didn't work out. Marquise Lee went in the second round. Then Jordan Matthews, Paul Richardson, Devontae Adams went 53rd. What planet are we living on? 61 was Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, 63. And that's about it. Who so do you think? Well, you, you, this is your perfect person to ask for this. Who do you think is going to be like the Sammy Watkins that we talk about ooh. in this past draft? Ooh. Where it's like, oh my goodness, how did they, they this guy went? whatever 15th and that guy went fourth here let me let me look real quick i'm like so removed from the draft i gotta look and see the names again you mean wide receiver or any position yeah wide receiver 
Yeah. So the first, who was the first one? God, it's so funny how I turned things off immediately. So, oh, Drake London, right? So he went first to, to Atlanta, and then Garrett Wilson. So here's the thing: like, I like Chris Olave. I don't love him, and I didn't love him more than Jameson Williams, even Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks has had some struggles early on in his career, at Tennessee. Just uh, I think he's battling asthma now, and, and that's a concern. So I. Part of me thinks it's Chris Olave, but he went to a perfect situation in New Orleans where they're playing indoors, fast track. Sounds like Mike Thompson is coming back. They have Alvin Kamara. If James can return from the ACL, he should be okay. He, perhaps he, he makes a little nudge forward in terms of productivity and minimize the mistakes. Garrett Wilson, I think, is going to be awesome. But again, he's going to a, a situation that could end up being desperate with Zach Wilson. Right. And, and well, a lot of it's the situation, just like we were yeah. talking about Sammy Watkins. He's got EJ Manuel throwing. Right, him. right. So if Sammy Watkins goes immediately, well, um, Mahomes wasn't in Kansas City yet, but goes to whatever. New but England. that example, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to call it, sure. Yeah, so I'll go with, you know what? Well, I, I'm not going to use second round pick because there's really no expectations there. Because this this draft class is sort of crazy. Mm. Like Jahan Dotson at 16 felt like it was overdrafted to me. He's undersized. He's not as good as um, KJ Hamler coming out. Um, I think KJ Hamler battled some injuries last year. I don't, I don't know if course they see. I'm not double check on that, but. Yeah, and that just feels sort of desperate because you're like, all right, let's give Carson Wentz a guy and see what happens. It felt like the teardrop too. Yes, no, that's a, that's a good call. I like, like I said, I like Traylon Burks a little better than Jahan Dotson. and Traylon Burks went 18th after the AJ Brown trade happened to Tennessee. But again, like I said, he's already had his issues from day one at, at mini camp. So hopefully he can get through that and be a good player. But uh, yeah, I'll go with Jahan Dotson because I think Chris Olave is incredibly polished, even if he's if he's slightly undersized. Okay. All right, now things are getting saucy here. That's that's the that was pick six through ten. So those five names are on the board. Next up, I mean, this guy you talk about a one year wonder. You're you're in the quarterback situation is great. The surrounding cast is great. The offensive line is vastly improved on paper. The defense is young and really good. And this team feels primed to to you know it's not the Patriots in two thousand, but the situation is one where you you feel quite comfortable if you're a fan of the Bengals with how this team looks. Honestly, the biggest liability might be Zach Taylor. Like, I don't know if he, I still don't know if he's a good coach. Um, he seems like a super swell guy, but but we'll see. Jamar Chase, number five, a guy who said he couldn't catch NFL-sized footballs in August. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I remember looking at that during like fantasy football drafts and stuff, and be like, I don't want to touch this guy. Right? Absolutely not. No, thank you. And you know, spoiler alert, I did not win my fantasy football league. <laughs> And so, you know, it's just, again, it's, it's one of those things. Don't believe everything that you see going on in the preseason. Sometimes, sometimes it's completely fool's gold and he go, and then the player goes out and has arguably one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen ever at the wide receiver position. I mean, he, he very well could be the number one guy in, you know, on this list in two years. It's, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all if we're, if he's climbing into that number two, number one spot this time next year or anything along those lines. And like we were just saying with, with the bills and the Sammy Watkins and stuff, he fell into the perfect situation built in chemistry with his quarterback yeah. in Joe Burrow, right out of the gate in Cincinnati, obviously going back to their playing days at LSU, but he's everything that you really kind of want in a receiver. He, he's physical. He's fast. He's a deep threat. I mean, I just keep thinking back to that week 16 game against Kansas city, 11 catches, 266 yards and three touchdowns. I, it, it's just inf- it's just unbelievable. Did they that win? Somebody's or, able did to they do just that. lose that game? The mid- they, I, I thought they won that game. No. They, so they won. They beat them twice. Is that? Yeah, I believe that that's true. I'll look that up. That's great. What a what a planet we're living on. <laughs> Seriously, but again, he's somebody who you can hit on a slant, 
and all of a sudden he's yeah. gone 70 yards down the field. And, and to your point, like Keenan Allen runs those routes better. Keenan Allen's not running 80 yards. He's running yeah. 25 yards. Exactly. And, and, that, and there's the difference of just the talent, the speed, every, you know, just everything there. You can make the same cut, the same route, the same, you're hitting them in the same spot. But for some reason, Chase just has that ability to kick it into that next gear and leave everybody in the dust. And, and really, it's that. But also, he can make those contested catches. I believe it was in one of those touchdown grabs in that game against Kansas City where he just leaps over his defender and kind of mm -hmm. just palms it almost one-handed and rips it down. And, oh, it's just – it's an absolutely insane type of talent that, again, you know, took a little bit of time in the preseason to kind of scare us. But all of a sudden, he comes out of the gate here and just is a, an absolute monster. I mean, you know, Debo has the numbers here. Most receiving yards by a rookie in the Super Bowl era in the regular season. Who's number one? Jamar Chase with 1,455, beating uh, Justin Jefferson's 2020 season, Anquan Bolden, Randy Moss, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's putting himself in superstar status right out of the gate. Three of those four guys went to LSU. Two of them, the top two, played together on that championship team with Joe Burrow, which is, Crazy. again, um, you know, we joke around about these teams in college being able to be NFL teams. That 2020 national championship team, I, I think it could probably compete a little bit. So week 17... Chiefs lost to the Bengals. And then one, two, three, four, five weeks later, they lost again. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Four and weeks the other, later. And the other thing, too, was, you know, I believe it was um, I believe it was in that game. or It was in that second game where I don't know if, if Chase really kind of – he kind of fell off towards the end in terms of statistically kind of going off. I know in the Super Bowl he wasn't like Jamar Chase like mm -hmm. that, of course. I mean, nobody's going to be like that. But, like, if he – ramps up a little bit more and he's able to kind of maybe he slowed down maybe it was just kind of a, a quote-unquote rookie wall or maybe they were covering him different obviously maybe just saying hey listen we're gonna let t higgins and and tyler boyd beat us rather than jamar chase but if he's able to get open in in those games i think it was in the afc championship and in the in the super bowl gets another 100 yards or something along those lines he turns in like a jamar chase game 90 something yards and a touchdown you might be looking at a different story there in that super bowl too yeah, Jamar Chase, uh, six catches, fifty-four yards, and a touchdown, and the, and the AFC Championship game against the against the Chiefs. And as you mentioned, T. Higgins went off, six catches, yeah. one hundred three yards, and that obviously. I think that's what most. Do. I think that's what the Chiefs decided to do, and I think the Rams did the same thing. And by the way, th this puts to rest any conversation. This is a conversation that I, I had frequently. If you're the uh, Bengals during that draft, you don't take Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase, even though you desperately need a Panay Sewell. Yeah, I mean, I think that. You know, I think there might have been a case for it at the time. I mean, yeah, now, sure. it, now, it, now it sounds silly. But, you know, we were talking about Sewell as this, you know, generational offensive lineman on a team that desperately needed offensive lineman after their quarterback just ripped his ACL in half. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about Joe Burrow, who was your number one overall draft pick. You've, you know, been a bad franchise basically for the entirety of your existence. And you finally seems like you're striking gold. You got to protect the guy. You, you just can't take those hits. And so at the time, you're like, all right, does he really need his wide receiver that he had in college yeah, when he has Higgins right. and Tyler Boyd? But ended up making the right right, right call, especially this offseason, too, when they revamped that entire line. That's the other thing. Yeah. Joe Burrow, if you can hold out for a year and take 500 more yeah. hits, we'll fix the offensive <laughs> line next year and get you to Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, and I'm going to let the uh, Bengals slander go because Breach isn't here. And who cares? They have been terrible. Andy Dalton or no Andy Dalton. Okay, number four. This is interesting because, oh, let me update the list with Prisco, too. So he had um, Tyreek at 17. He had Justin Jefferson. Oh, we have, to, we have to talk about Jamar Chase. Sorry, he had Jamar Chase at 18. So he had just behind Tyreek, and I'm sure the the time on the field had something to do with that, and he may not have accounted for, for Tua 
and even though he's not a huge Tua fan. And then Mike Evans he had at 73. Next up, number four, Steph Dix. Also a day three pick out of Maryland. I think those may have been off-field issues as well. I have to, have to think about that for a second. Um, so just a little spoiler alert. Prisco had Stephon Diggs at 35, nine spots behind Debo Samuel, who has already appeared on your list. So is Stephon Diggs a function of Josh Allen or is Josh Allen a function of Stephon Diggs? No, I think that, you know, I think it's part, it's, 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 again, it's the quarterback, you know, again, you need, you know, he was, Josh Allen was more effective when they brought in Stephon Diggs, yeah, clearly, right. but it's still the quarterback. You, you, I don't know if it's Stephon Diggs in particular, if you brought in another, you know, A plus B plus receiver, I think he probably still would have had a similar type of leap. Nikhil but, Harry, for example. Yeah, of course. You know, again, it's the same thing. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> but, for, but for me, again, Stefan Diggs, just an unbelievable route runner, almost in the same breath as what we're talking about here with, with Keenan Allen, just able to get open. He's great at contested catches. He separates almost, you know, probably better or as good as anybody in the NFL. He's good. And it, this is one thing that I thought was interesting when I was looking up kind of, you know, again, you're splitting hairs when you get to this type of level yep. of talent at receivers. And you, I was looking at PFF. And one thing that I didn't realize that he was particularly good at was when the play breaks down, he's able to get open. He has 26 receptions outside of the structure, according to PFF, dating back to 2020. That's the most in the NFL. So when stuff breaks down, you would think that that would be Tyree Kill, right? When, when everything breaks down, yeah. who's the guy that, you know, gets open? And who's able to kind of make it make that catch and extend the drive? It's not Tyree Kill. It's Stefan Diggs, remarkably. And again, that's a lot of the same thing that we were talking about with our concerns about Tua. Can he roll around? Can he get? Can he stay open? Can he move around the pocket and find that guy later on? Patrick Mahomes was certainly able to do it, and so is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is able to kind of move around, extend the play with his feet, and then make the throw. And now he has a guy in Stefan Diggs that can do that. So for me, that was just an interesting thing that I saw. That I didn't necessarily think of because, again, like I said, yeah. if you if you would say when the play breaks down, who do you want? You're going to say Tyree Kill, but the stats say it's Stephon Diggs. And again, that um, sort of lends itself to supporting the argument that Stephon Diggs was incredibly important to helping Josh Allen's development because, of course, of course, Josh Allen's running around. If he has someone to throw the ball to, he's just taking all these needless hits, which was sort of a, a hallmark of his early part of his career. Um, so. And, 20, it's not, and quickly, it's not like yeah, you know ahead. Diggs was you know he just burst onto the scene of Buffalo, unbelievable receiver in in Minnesota. Yeah, he's the recipient of the Miami of the uh, the, Miami, yeah. the Minnesota Miracle. Yep, I do believe. 2015 draft class, fifth round pick, 146 overall. How many wide receivers went before him? And I'll give you a little hint: the fourth overall pick and the first wide receiver off the board, Amari Cooper. And that was in what we said. It was fifth round, so it was like 20 something last time. I'm going to say 19. Oh, the much better. He was the 19th wide receiver. That's right go. on the money. Now you get an extra $1 million Brinson Bucks if you can name all the previous 18. All right, well, uh, let's get rolling now. Kevin White was seventh. Ouch. Yikes. To the Bears. Devontae Parker, he's, mm -hmm. he's been successful. We'll find out if, if McCorkle can hook him up. Elite receiver. We'll see We'll see him in the. He's on his way to be an elite. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar went 20th. Rashad Perryman was overdrafted 26. Philip Dorsett overdrafted 29. Tyler Lockett, went third round 69. Great pick there. Chris Conley's made a career. Jameson Crowder won the fourth round, and, and that's about it for the, the name. Crowder. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So I gave you where old Petey Prisco had Steph Diggs going. Now let's get down to it. I mean, this feels 
Like I, 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 I have some issues with, with one of these picks, but that's I've been that <laughs> been leaning into that one for a few days here. But at number three, I don't have any issue with this at all. Love this guy. Justin Jefferson, 13th on Prisco's list overall. So ahead of Tyreek and Jamar, Debo, Steph Diggs, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, Mike Evans. And the other two guys you have ahead of him, Debo, uh, Debo. Um, Prisco also had ranked higher. So Justin Jefferson at three. Again, we talked about him briefly earlier. He played on that same national national championship team at LSU with Jamar and, and Joe Burrow. And he was a guy, even when he was there, Jamar was still the guy because Justin played mostly in the slot that year. Uh, they had Clyde Edwards Alaire. They had um, Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son, playing tight end. And that group was absolutely stacked. But he was one of the guys who shows up in the NFL after a great college career and was somehow better. Yeah. It was just, you know, absolutely insane right out of the gate. Like I said, 1,400 yards prior to Jamar Chase. That was one, you know, that was unbelievable in terms of, you know, rookie receiving yards and all of that. But he follows that up with, 1600 a 1600-yard season in year two. So kind of similar like mm-hmm. we were talking about with Chase, you know, as much as we're saying, oh, he could easily be, you know, further up this list. Well, Jefferson's kind of paving that way, right? I mean, it was just unbelievable rookie season, probably top 10, you know, in the conversation after last season. And now after he backs it up with what he was able to do in 2021, he's putting himself as a legitimate top five guy. I mean, you know, there is – not much that you can pick at with his game. And you would know this better than me. I think one of the biggest concerns coming into the NFL was how he was going to do physically, you know, how he was able to separate against like press coverage or anything like that. But he, he has shown he is totally fine in that regard. He blows by guys and is just one of the more explosive players that we have in the NFL right now. I asked him that exact question at the combine saying, you play primarily in the slot. And he very politely said, if you go back and watch the previous year, I played outside and I had no problem getting on press coverage, but I was incredibly excited because by the time he had gotten to talk to us at the combine, he'd already run and been weighed and he was North of six feet. He ran four, four, and change because the other concern was, well, if he runs four six, that's not, that's an issue. He may have run better than four four, but it was uh, a number that you could be quite happy with if you, if you're Justin Jefferson and a team that was um, thinking about drafting him. And you know, absolute home run pick. And the only person that doesn't like Justin Jefferson is Debo because they took Jalen Rager. I think the pick before. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. But and again, especially when you when you look at these numbers too. It you know the first two seasons of an NFL career receptions, 196. It's tied for first in NFL history, Justin Jefferson, and then receiving yards, 3,016. That is the number one, the most receiving yards in the first two years of an NFL career in NFL history. I mean, it's just, we're, we're talking about someone who is legitimately breaking records and doing something we've never seen before. It's it's Randy Moss-esque, just because, you know, you see him in the Vikings uniform and all of that. It's just like, okay, here we go again. Yeah, that's not hyperbole. I mean, you can see it right there on the screen for watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're not watching and you're listening, you can visualize it. Trust me. All right, number two, the most controversial pick of any of these top ten podcasts. Let me ask, I'll start by saying this. You're McCorkle Jones. You're Bill Belichick. You're putting a team together for McCorkle Jones. And you have Nikhil Harry. You have Jacoby Myers. And... Who's another like number two or number three wide receiver? I don't want to give you Devontae Parker. Who's who, who was like third on the team in receptions last year? Kobe, you got Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Okay, those three guys. Now you can add one of these players. You tell me who are you taking or are you taking Cooper Cup? Because uh, Cooper Cup's number two in your list, spoilers. Okay, Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup? I'm taking Devontae Adams. 
Justin Jefferson inside this offense or Cooper Cup? Well, that's where it gets tricky because obviously we have a young quarterback. You only get one word answers. (laughs) Well, no. I mean, if if I'm building the franchise, then I want the young guy. If I want the guy for this year, I want the dude who just had the triple crown. Okay. So let's say just for for 20, you have a one-on-one-year deal. So you're taking Cooper Cup over JJ. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Cooper Cup or Tyreek? I'll take Cooper Cup. What is going on? Cooper or Jamar? Uh, Cooper Cup for 2021. What in the, what? I mean, come on. Now. I mean, I'm gonna stick to my list. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Cooper covers Stephon Dix. <laughs> I, th- I think we're gonna know where we're gonna go. <laughs> I, I think we have to do this thing again, and this time you have to be hooked up to a polygraph test. That's All right, so ex- explain Cooper Cup at number two for the Rams. And Pete Briscoe had him as his top wide receiver, had him ranked fifth overall. And I was doing HQ with with Pete and Chris Hassel and, and Brenson about this list, and those two not Hassel, the other two buttholes were trying to make it look like. That uh, and th- these are the words I actually said. I said Cooper Cup is a rich man's Hunter Riffro, and they were trying their best to to make that into to some sort of Twitter thing where I get yelled at. No one bit because it was. I, I mean, crazier things have been said. Was it hyperbole? Yeah, a little bit. But the point is that it's and, and Debo and both Breach agreed that it was you know disrespectful on some level to Cooper Cup. But my point is that in the list of names that I read you, you can make an argument for four or five or six other guys that you might want there instead. But you go ahead and make the, make the case for Cooper Cup, who, in your defense and his defense, was one of the best players in football last year. Right. I, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, again, we're, we're splitting hairs between some of the best players at the, at the position. You could mix and match all these dudes, and it, it really wouldn't fight you too, too hard. But again, you do have to reward the guy that legitimately just led all receivers in every single category last season. And I know the quarterback is obviously a big part of that, going from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. That clearly helps. But it's not like he was a bum before this either. I mean, he was, you know, injuries were a, was, were a part of this. He, he has dealt with some injury history, but he has extremely productive seasons under his belt when you have Jared Goff in there. So, as much as, you know, we're going to maybe tack down for like, oh, well, he was only, you know, this prolific when he had uh, Matthew Stafford throwing to him. I don't know if we can really, you know, honestly make that case when we're talking about Stefan Diggs having Josh Allen or we're talking about the drop off with potentially Tyree Kill going from Mahomes to Tua or even, you know, what we're going to talk about later with, with Devontae Adams at number one, obviously. You know, oh, man, it, come on. Well, I, mean, I think we all knew where that was going. <laughs> but like, we can't, we're going to say he's one of the best wide receivers, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Are we going to say, oh, that was all Aaron Rodgers? No. I mean, there there is some part of it, obviously, because those are elite MVP caliber type of players throwing them the football. But you're talking, again, about Cooper Cup, elite route runner. You know, he's actually surprisingly very good at contested catches. Yeah. I mean, he just legitimately had one of the best seasons we've ever seen when you talk about the Triple Crown and was just the Super Bowl MVP. I don't know how we don't reward that. I actually think it, it's almost should be too low. Should he be number one at this point when we, when we saw that season last year? Yeah, you know, those are fair points. And I think the overarching point is that we are splitting hairs at this point in the conversation and part of the pushback was me just not wanting to agree with Brinson and Prisco no one yeah everyone on planet earth wants Cooper Cup on their team and I think you find a way to get him on there so that's the 2017 draft class went the third round in part because he ran a 4.6240 clearly does not play like that he plays much faster than that and again reinforced the idea that just because someone runs a 4.6 doesn't mean they're slow um this this draft class was was not great at the top for the wide receivers Corey Davis went fifth overall. Mike Williams, who's been pretty productive in L.A. and re-up there, went seventh. John Ross went ninth in Cincinnati. That has not worked out. Zay Jones went 37th to Buffalo, and he's moved around a little bit. Curtis Samuel, he's now in Carolina, uh, now in Washington, excuse me. Rough year last year, injury-related. And then Juju went at 62 in the second round. He's been 
he was good with Antonio Brown when he was number one. Things change there. Maybe he gets to reignite his career in Kansas City in that one-year deal. But interestingly, J- Juju was um, 20 when he was drafted in 2017. Cooper Cup went seven picks later, 69th overall. He's 24, so he's almost 30 now. 29, I think he just turned 29, so he has another year before he's 30. So that's the other thing. In this draft class that we just had, a lot of the players were 23, 24. A good amount of them were. And a part of that was the COVID year, and that there was some pushback about, well, are you going to draft a guy who's that old? Well, again, Cooper Cup ran a 4.62. He was 24 years old, and he is now number two on your list, the top five player in Peace Top 100, and you know a legitimate in the, in the conversation to be a top 10 player in the NFL. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll say he's higher than that if you don't include quarterbacks. The quarterbacks sort of dominate that list. So, yeah, he, he's the top five player in the NFL, and I think you can make that case as well, which means that the guy at the top of this list must be also a top five player, and you, you gave it away there, Devontae Adams. No real surprise. The only question I have for you, was there any thought of bumping him a little bit because he's going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr? And by the way, I'm a huge Derek Carr supporter. I think he's going to have a lot of success. And I have to say that because Brent's is now trying to jump on the Derek Carr bandwagon after years of crushing the whole entire Carr family. I, no, I, I didn't I didn't really think about bumping it down. I mean, yeah, you give it some thought. Not even, you know, oh, he has Derek Carr as his quarterback now. It's not really that. It's more he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback anymore. You know, that's probably more the thought process there. But I don't know. I don't see it as, you know, the, as big of a drop-off as we were talking about Mahomes, the two uh, Rodgers. No, to, to absolutely. Carr. That's right. Yep. And, and and when you talk about, too, the, the built-in relationship that they have going from Fresno State, I think a little bit of that's overblown, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, oh, just because they were college buddies. You know, I don't know if a million, you know, a, a bunch of years later that translates. I think it helps with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow because they just played together. I think wasn't jamar chase like sitting out so he, he literally his last quarterback was joe burrow That's at right. lsu so it's like i i could make the case a little bit more for that as opposed to whatever you know 20 whatever that was 2016 i'm just gonna guess at Fresno i think it was State. like 2012 2013 okay even better you know you know yeah. so many years ago I, I don't know if that's really gonna make a huge huge difference i'm, I'm sure it'll help but I, again, I, I don't know if that makes a world of difference. But again, you're talking about the most complete wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams, an absolute freak, can get open at every level of the field that you want to. I'm fascinated to see how Josh McDaniels is going to use him because, you know, that was what surprised me the most, to be perfectly honest. You know, watching somebody or, you know, watching somebody that was in the New England organization for years that almost refused to have a number one ride wide receiver. The Not first almost. thing that I mean, <laughs> absolutely refused I mean, legitimately <laughs> the first thing that that brain trust does Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, when they get to Las Vegas or one of the first things they do is go all in for the number one wide receiver in the NFL. And I, I just find that to be really interesting to see how a Josh McDaniels offense is going to run with a guy like that. So worth noting, I, I was wrong. So, all right. If I, I don't know if I said it or not about Prisco's list. Devontae Adams, he has 11th, so six spots behind Cooper Cup. That's that's what that set me off. Now that I think about it, that was sort of crazy town. But again, we you know we we were just saying they're both legitimately top five players when you don't include the quarterbacks. And uh, a little fun fact here: two seasons at Fresno State with David Carr, 2012-2013. Devontae Derek Adams. Carr. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Derek Carr, yeah. David Carr was there, probably trying to get in, you know, trying to get some FaceTime. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, 233 receptions over those two years, 3,031 yards, 38 touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, I think that led the nation, though, right? I mean, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm sure it did, right? 
I maybe there's some some something I know about, but that's that's that gets your attention. Yeah. And again, second round pick for both those guys. Um, both I think it's fair to say would be first rounders who are really coming out now, knowing what we know. All right, Sully mentioned some um some honorable mentions, some snubs that you may have considered there at, at the uh at at the 10, 9, 10 spot that, that didn't make it. Yeah, I got three of them that we can, you know, really discuss, and I think that you could easily put in here. The the number one being DeAndre Hopkins. You know, clearly he is a guy when healthy, when on the field, he's not only in the top ten, he's in the top five. I mean, he is that talented, that impactful to an offense. But you got to be on the field. You got to yeah. be there. You know, he wasn't. He was, you know, injured last year, and now he's set to serve a nine game or a nine game suspension or a six game suspension, six, whatever. I believe six six game suspension for PEDs. This season, that kind of, I'm sorry, that kind of, you know, kind of nullifies you from the conversation there. When you're not going to be there, I can't really talk about how great you're going to be on the field again. It's it's more it's more hypotheticals than anything else. Yeah, and he's now again. He was uh, 2014. I think he said the draft class that he was a part of. I can't. He's he's down the on the on the backside of a, of a great career. I'm looking at Pete's list here to see where Drake comes in at 71. Just one spot ahead of. Uh, DeAndre was Deontay Johnson, which I thought was as a Steelers homer. I thought that was even a little too high for Deontay. He struggled mm. with drops at times, less so last year until the end of the season. There, he has uh, Chris Godwin at sixty-two. Um, that's Chris, interesting. Chris Godwin's another one that is, yep. is, is, those three guys again. Injuries, you know, it's are you there? You know, he's not going to be here. I mean, we don't know that for a fact, obviously, but he's dealing with the with the injury. The late ACL, season right? ACL, yeah. So I, it's like it's hard to know. keep up with all these ACLs, right? Exactly. And then five spots ahead of Chris Godwin uh, at 57 on Pete's list was, was CeeDee Lamb. And we'll see how good CeeDee Lamb is this year because Amari's gone. CeeDee's struggled with some drops at times. I loved him coming out of Oklahoma. He was my number one wide receiver. Um, and, and I think he's in the situation to have success. But it, I think the consistency has to be there. We, we didn't necessarily see that play in and play out. But that's not necessarily a knock on, on CeeDee. He's just a young player. Yeah, no, he's someone who could certainly find himself on this list. Again, he's going to have – all of those targets available to him now that it, that Amari Cooper is now gone in Cleveland. There is a situation there for him to really have a monster season. So he's absolutely somebody that I think could turn himself into a top 10 wide receiver after 2022. The other one that I had on my list in terms of a snub was DK Metcalf. You know, in a vacuum, when you're just talking about the player, unbelievable talent, physical freak, deep threat, huge body, can really muscle through anybody. And, you know, it's really anything that you would want to have and, and another one of those guys from that uh what was it the 2019 draft where it's just again just a monster day two in that draft class when you talk about Debo when you talk about DK when you talk about AJ Brown right like mm-hmm. I mean that's uh, Terry McLaurin even right like I mean and he's Third another round. one who, who yeah. can find himself on that list it's just an amazing day two in that 2019 draft class in terms of the wide receiver position he's yeah, another one that I wide. think yeah yeah exactly I mean right right there with him <laughs> But again, just that's an amazing, you know, he's an amazing talent. But when you're projecting, when part of the evaluation process for me is projecting what you're going to do in 2022, I I don't know if I can really be confident in DK Metcalf when Drew Locke and Geno Smith are currently Ooh. fighting it out for him to be the, to, to be throwing him the football. The name you mentioned was one I was going to mention, and one that I mentioned to to Pete and Brinson on the show, Terry McLaurin. Who's played with some straight up not great quarterbacks? Yep. Taylor Heineke's fine, but he's not he's not a franchise quarterback. And then Tyler Lockett. I think both those guys I would take over DK Metcalf right. if we're doing a 10A. But um, you know, I get it. At this point, you're you're trying to 
you're sorting through the stuff and, and trying to do the math on all these guys. But and you I, can even make a similar in terms of Terry McLaurin. You can even make kind of you know in terms of a path through the NFL. It's very reminiscent to me, at least, of Michael Thomas. I mean, not Michael Thomas. Mike, uh, Mike Evans. Sorry. Like yeah, where it's just right. really productive, crap quarterbacks, but you're doing really well. If all of a sudden Washington gets their act together and, and Carson Wentz is the MVP player yeah, right. that we saw with the Eagles, or if they move on and they bring in somebody else that is actually go. a dude, then Terry McLaurin could really take off on a more consistent basis. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm with you 100%. All right, Sully, that's your list. That's a wrap on the old podcast. Uh, I think later in the week we have a mailbag with me and Mr. Breach. So look out for that. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you're listening to this, but if if you're watching live, I don't know if it's live or not, me and Sully will be on HQ at 4 p.m. on June 23rd. And if you're listening after the fact, go to YouTube and you can watch me and Sully talk about some football stuff. Sully, good seeing you, man. I'll talk to you soon. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.